stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take any topic that's astrological or related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So, Stargazers, when it comes to this particular episode, um, while I'm very happy to actually dive into the lighter aspects of relationships, as well as with astrology, I kind of feel like um, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't take a look at some of the hardships, the challenges, sometimes the pitfalls of uh, particular relationships. Uh, today's episode, I will be exploring the astrology of trauma. So I just want to give you a good heads up, stargazers, um, with uh, the astrology of trauma, like what could happen within a natal chart or what can happen within a transit or what could happen within maybe even that chart of the moment the moment that the trauma had occurred. I just want to warn you guys that um, I will be diving into examples that are rather difficult and can be rather graphic by nature. You know, such things as rape, incest, sexual molestation, sometimes even just going into maybe like how soldiers went into battle um, or were stationed into battle, you know, can be rather hard and tough. So uh, with these examples, if you want to get the kiddos out of the room, if you have some kiddos, that's absolutely fine. I would say this is a great point to pause if you need to. Also, um, I would also recommend if you are undergoing trauma at this point, please feel free to stop this podcast at any time that you need to. Um, I know some of the subject matter is rather disturbing. However, I do feel it's a disservice to not cover it. And I do feel it's a, it's a disservice to not encompass this. But today, I would just love to really not only focus on the astrology of trauma, but what we could do as either individuals who are experiencing trauma or if we are in a relationship with someone who is uh, has experienced trauma um, or who is under currently undergoing the beginnings of trauma and really try to explore what exactly to do as opposed to things of what not to do um, exactly. And I just feel like this is more of a very prevalent issue Especially last year with Dr. Vanderkolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, the fact that it was not only popular amongst healers, but it was very popular amongst everybody. I kind of feel that uh, COVID brought out a lot of different traumas within people. And I kind of get the feeling that a lot of different people are starting to recognize what's going on at this point in this time. So I get the feeling I know um, I knew somebody who was near and dear to me. And as I said, I'll reveal her at the end of this episode um, in order to kind of keep this very neutral. But I knew someone very near and dear to me who um, had heard when she had undergone therapy for a particular trauma 
that um, it was like one out of two women were raped at that time, or one of two women were sexually assaulted. And actually, what was alarming was that some of the numbers went down when we were talking about the trans communities. And also, and I didn't say like, I didn't mean like the numbers went down as in the cases went down, the statistics rose. It was like one out of one individuals, sometimes one out of two. Um, but the numbers were extremely staggering as to how many people deal with trauma every single day. So like I said, I do feel that this is an important episode in that regard as well. Um, you know, as I've mentioned earlier with COVID, I feel like it brought it out in many different ways. I think in particular, if there were someone, if there was someone who was a first responder, especially, that's why I kind of believe that, and I still believe that first responders maybe should get like a discount off of therapy or even better should be able to be offered free therapy, um, for their profession. Especially with dealing with the hardships of not only people going on to ventilators, you know, within that, you know, especially within the whole year, the duration of 2020 into 2021, but also, you know, actually seeing death head on, seeing the deaths head on first account of it. I feel that that would bring about um, trauma as well, too. I also feel it was brought about in the regard that, you know, we were pretty isolated for quite some time. Now, isolation can bring about a lot of past triggers of a lot of psychiatric disorders, um, mainly because, I mean, you're just stuck with four, the same four walls day in and day out. I know I was fortunate enough in Colorado to be able to get out of my house and exercise as long as I was wearing a mask. But I know there are many parts like uh, the California area, New Jersey, New York area, where they basically everybody had to stay in um, and just having that isolation and bring about either like a psychosis, anxiety, depression, or if somebody had had um, some past traumas that have happened to them, it would come out at that time as well. But, you know, in the regard of the astrology of trauma, let's go ahead and dig right um, deep into it. And let's just see like what the, you know, the evidence, the research has that has come up from this last week alone. Well, first off, a lot of my sources have actually um, stated the natal chart. Everything from Lutz Astrology. Um, it's also entitled lookupatthestars.com. All the way to tan astrology. In fact, tan astrology actually looks at specifics uh, when it comes to the natal chart. Um, you know, a lot of people and also a lot of other different resources that I consulted kept pointing to the natal chart. I kind of take a grain of salt with the natal chart myself because um, unfortunately, there are many different branches of astrology that kind of states stuff like if like say if you were date raped by a coworker and just willy-nilly out of nowhere you know again not your fault but a lot of there's like a lot of branches of astrology that would kind of point you and say oh see that was your karma or say that you served in the army and you were right in the middle of Fallujah kind of like boots on the ground and like, say you, you experienced trauma from all the gunshots and explosives 
that were going off around you. Again, um, there are some branches of, of astrology that might also say, ooh, that was your karma as well. Or even with um, sexual molestation or even childhood abuse, you know, trauma that occurred during childhood abuse. There are a lot of branches of astrology that would kind of be quick to go towards karma Quite frankly, Stargazers, I'm going to use a very strong word here. I'm very sorry, but I find that is bullshit. And I find that that's massively disrespectful to those who have undergone trauma. And I don't believe in that vein that, oh, yeah, you were date raped because it's your karma. I think the the whole, you know, first off, for somebody who states that to someone like that, first of all, what does that do to your karma? in stating that to somebody who's going through trauma. Um, Secondly, I just, you know, I feel that karma can be fixed. I feel that karma is, um, it's not a static thing. It's an ever flowing thing. And karma, I think it's hard to pinpoint karma, to be quite frank with you. And especially when it comes to trauma and sources of trauma as well, too. So I kind of take a grain of salt with the, the natal chart. I see where many astrologers are coming from when they look at the natal chart that maybe there are some influences where you might be more prone to being in a traumatic situation. However, I take a look at that as take a look at these warning signs in your natal chart and really like kind of trump over them. Um, you know, like for instance, like say that you do have a personal planet that is 29 degrees in your chart and you're seeing some of the archetypes of that planet playing out, like say that you have your moon in 29 degrees Scorpio, for instance, you know, you might um, start to see that you're having issues with drawing, uh, well, like inward, outward, there's some inward, outward issues, um, actually some issues going internally because the moon is at a detrimental angle and we'll we'll get it like i said we'll get more into this a little bit later but with that moon's position you might start to see that maybe with being a little more fearful or a little more reticent and diving into um, emotional issues that you might find that things such as boundaries decrease as well too and you might find that you've drawn um the wrong lot of people a lot of the time so um, many astrologers would say with that situation, um, reflect on the moon and its archetype, reflect on your boundaries being low, and reflect on how you can repair that so that you can actually build up your boundaries and not be, you know, so uh, prone to drawing the really wrong person into your circle and really having something traumatic happen to you as well. But I would say that's a, you know, like I said, the the nail chart is a resource that you can take a look at to see like how you might be more prone or how you might have been more prone um, in the past tense. I also like to say, take a look at your transits in a given time. Um, and also take a look at um, if you had trauma. First off, if you've had trauma happen to you, stargazers, I am so sorry to hear that. That's that it's it, that's a rough deal. Um, that's I, I speak from the heart on this one. That's a rough ordeal. And um, I would say if you can, and I mean I I understand that it's very hard to re-explore a time of trauma. But if you can, maybe take a look at the date, the time, and possibly the hour 
in which the trauma had happened and maybe take a look at the chart there as well too and see if some of these aspects pop up. But um, to start off, there's a lot of different aspects that actually indicate trauma. The two most frequent though that I've seen are either the malefics squared personal planets or something like I mentioned the 29 degree angles in there. Um, I think Tan Astrology had also mentioned that they're, you know, it's either having Pluto in a very prominent aspect in your chart. So like in your first house, in your fourth house, um, in your seventh house, or in the 10th house. The other thing with Pluto too, being in um, a popular spot could be like, it could be near the ascendant. It could be near the IC. It could be near the descendant or it could be near the midheaven as well too. And then she also mentioned too, I think um, Saturn squared Mars uh, with Tan Astrology had mentioned Saturn squared Mars, which I thought was kind of interesting. But um, I would love to dive into what Lutz, L-U-T-S Astrology had mentioned. Um, basically, their website can be found and accessed at lookupatthestars.com. I really love it because it not only indicates, and also with Tan Astrology, and not only indicates which aspects really cause and are, you know, kind of, um, you know, can cause trauma, but also I love um, not only Tan Astrology, but also look up at the stars.com in the regard that they give some healing um, ideas. And I actually, from the person who's near and dear to my heart, I actually drew on a little bit more with the uh, healing ideas. So I'm really hoping, Stargazers, that this might help you if you are undergoing trauma. Uh, some of these ideas can help. Um, I think the biggest help, though, and I'm going to take a little break just to kind of give this uh, plug right here, right now. I think the biggest thing, though, Stargazers, when it comes to trauma is that don't go it alone. Absolutely not. Um, I know with the person who is near and dear to me, she felt that she could go it alone. She thought this, you know, what happened to her was like a breakup. It was like a Band-Aid that could be ripped off. And she was so wrong on that one, um, especially. And she started to realize when she lost her appetite and start to disassociate like no other that, she couldn't go this alone. And this was not a breakup. You know, this is not like a bandaid that could be ripped off and the, the wound can heal. Um, these are very serious issues. Um, if you're like, well, Sandra, therapy is really expensive. I would say, first off, um, I actually, uh, actually use this resource over the summer for different reasons, but I really find it's a very helpful resource. That is betterhelp.com. Um, actually, you can actually access and get therapeutic means for as little as $65 per week. Now, this is $65 per week um, in which you use the therapist. So say you use the therapist one week, you pay $65. Compared to tra traditional therapies or compared to, oh goodness, say that 10 times fast, compared to traditional therapists, um, it's a really, really awesome deal. And they do deal with those who have PTSD. They do deal with individuals who are experiencing trauma for whatever reason. And there's no judgment, no doubt. Um, they're there for you whenever you need them. I 
I also loved it with BetterHelp because they also have a chat room too. So like say that it is after hours, you can't access a therapist. You can access them in that chat or you can at least talk um, or send a message to your therapist in that chat. And I just think it's better than going it alone. Another resource, if you're in the Denver, Colorado area, Stargazers, these guys are awesome. And these guys helped out the person near and dear to me um, like no other in 2012. They used to be called RAP as an R-A-A-P, I think because it sounded too close to rape. They actually renamed their organization The Blue Porch. Definitely check them out. Um, Stargazers, I'm sure there are other resources like The Blue Porch that are available if you're in different areas of the world, different areas of the United States. I'm sure that there are many different services like the Blue Porch that you can access. Um, I say reach out to them. I think with the Blue Porch, they even have a crisis line as well, too. So if you're really experiencing disassociation or you feel threatened or just not safe and not secure, they have that crisis line and you can talk to anyone 24-7. So definitely, Stargazers, reach out, get some help. Um, do not do this alone. But I am hoping that with the, the healing um, with some of these planets, these big old planets that also contribute, that that also can help along with therapy. So with Let's Astrology, um, the author had mentioned that when it comes to trauma, it involves the big boys. And the big boys are Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. You know, the, the, the kind of like the big, you know, planets that can kind of disrupt stuff, um, is really kind of responsible for trauma. So with Pluto, um, the first, so basically with Let's Astrology, they kind of organize it with each planet and the effects that they give, especially if they're either squared your natal sun, um, or if they're squared your natal moon or any of the personal planets, so Mercury, Venus, and Mars as well. Um, one of the effects of Pluto is that it makes you feel powerless. And I kind of felt like this was interesting because um, the first thing that people undergo when they undergo trauma is that sense of powerlessness. Whether it was you were a child and your guardian, you felt like even though your guardian was betraying you, your main care caregiver was betraying you by allowing a certain family member to visit, and that certain family member was molesting you behind closed doors, or you felt like that person who was supposed to care for you neglected you or abused you, that can cause a sense of powerlessness um, in that situation. The same as with a soldier who goes off their station at, in Afghanistan. And, you know, in the army or in the military, you're not allowed to express concerns. So it's like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. That's it. You're basically kind of, you know, you have to follow orders. That can also, you know, being surrounded by gunshots and explosives and just people dying every day. I think just being surrounded around dying every day is enough to cause PTSD and trauma. Um, that's a, that to me is really Pluto's influence where that, that's the, where the lack of power, the, the, not the lack of, it's where the, the abundance of powerlessness, 
comes into play. Um, Lutz Astrology also mentions like you're dancing with death that can't live with or can't live without sort of situation. Um, I feel like that can encompass abusive relationships to the army, to, you know, somebody who served in the military. You just, you just don't have much of a choice. And in that time, especially when the trauma happened, it was like damned if you do, damned if you don't. You had that lack of powerlessness as well, too. Um, they also mentioned that situations that involve dangerous and highly destructive behavior um, and also um, conveying highly destructive behavior of the individual who has it in their chart, whether that be the natal chart or whether that be in a transit um, so I would say, you know, situations that obviously involve dangerous and highly destructive behavior. Obviously, if you're stuck in a situation like the person who is near and dear to me, uh, where she was actually date raped by a coworker that she had worked with, um, you know, obviously that was a dangerous situation. It came out of nowhere for her. She was actually very lucky to escape. If she had not escaped as she did, um, I think I'm really convinced a lot of um, really other awful stuff would have happened uh, to her. But I think, um, again, that, you know, dangerous and highly destructive behavior in those situations, obviously, that's when the trauma is occurring. And then... Um, also, what can happen after the trauma has occurred, and I think I'm going to point to less personal examples um, for this one. Uh, I think I'm going to actually cite Martin McDonough's film, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Now, while this film can be very cathartic, it can also be kind of a sucker punch of a film, just kind of, kind of warning you if you haven't seen it yet. But Frances McDormand's character, um, while her daughter was actually killed and raped, I kind of felt like she had a Pluto influence in the regard that she turned around. She felt like the police force didn't do much of anything to help her daughter um, or help her in recovering from the trauma, you know, secondary trauma of losing her daughter to such violent circumstances. So the Pluto reaction, in my view, was when she rented the three billboards and it's out in the middle of nowhere, basically lipping off to the police as to how incompetent they are. That I think is also another example that many people who undergo trauma tend to do, especially um, if you report something to the police or you're in a situation where you feel like the police can't help you or authority figures can't help you with that powerlessness, it causes somebody to who has trauma to lash out. And um, I felt like with Martin McDonough's film, I felt rather heard uh, when it came to trauma because he really presented it very well um, throughout all parts of the film. So if ever you, you need to gain like a perspective or you'd like a cathartic film, uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, I think is really very um, a very good film in that regard. But um, many people who have that Pluto influence as well tend to lash out. My friend who is near and dear had to go to a tennis court and shoot tennis balls. Um, I always say that the most healing aspect, you know, whereas people who undergo trauma may get themselves into very violent situations, mainly because they're frustrated, they're angered, 
they have that that um, feeling like they're hopeless, that they're helpless as well too, and um, that their whole you know reaching out for help is hopeless. And really, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna say this much: it is not. But you know, there's that feeling, that overwhelming feeling. With that overwhelming feeling comes frustration, and it just boils over. Um, what I do recommend, along with lots of astrology, is when it comes to healing from Pluto um, situations. So they say how to relearn to be more fully empowered. One thing that I can say with that one is learning boundaries. And I know this is going to sound really basic, but really learning, like relearning how to, that you can say no. And I know it sounds weird to those who have not been encompassed by trauma, but when it comes to trauma, you know, you have such lack of boundaries. It just feels like you've had a lack of boundaries, even though somebody impinged on your boundaries. They forced themselves into your boundaries and basically destroyed them um, in the process is how I, I see it as well. So I would say relearning boundaries, and again, this can be accomplished with a um, professional, but also it can also be accomplished like you can say no. Just that realization of I can say no at any time. If something makes me feel uncomfortable, I can say no to that situation, and I don't have to go through that situation. I think that can be a really fully empowering um, thing to go through. Um, lots of astrology mentions gaining more awareness where compulsion is concerned. Um, I would say with this one, being more aware of anger and how and why it happens. So possibly like a thought log. Um, I know usually thought logs are kind of um, administered to those who have anxiety, but I think for those who have trauma, I think it would work. And the thought log, the way that it works is that you kind of um, write down, like say that you want to punch somebody out, they're angering you, they're triggering you beyond belief. You write down, this person's triggering me beyond belief. But then the trick is you have to find a logical explanation as to ha how to handle that situation. And I feel like the thought log is really great because it helps to deprogram the reaction to just, I want to punch this person out, or I want to kill this person, or I want to throttle this person into something that's far more constructive. Um, you know, obviously we're in a flight, fight or flight mode in trauma, and um, it's kind of reprogramming to where you're not so fight and flight every single time and ev in every single moment. Um, you know, becoming more aware of anger as well, too. And I think, again, this is with a therapist along with a thought log. Um, like, how does it resonate in your body? What does it feel like? What is it causing you to do and why? Um, you know, especially if you're perceiving a threat, what, how is this a threat? How, why is this a threat? And, you know, again, when you kind of perceive it a little bit better, you're likely to, again, deprogram it to where it can be better controlled and not so up at the surface as well, too. And um, I also just said being aware of feelings and why they're present. Also, um, affirmations, you know, if you are into affirmations, affirmations can help, such as I am empowered today. I have my boundaries today. Um, 
I am invincible today. The stronger the verbiage, um, the more effective that affirmation will be. Okay, so there was Pluto. Um, there's also Neptune. Again, if Neptune, and I mean, any of these guys too, like Neptune, Uranus, and Saturn can always either be, it could be one of these bad boys, or it could be all of them um, if they're square, a personal planet. But with Neptune, um, with lots of astrology's description, the first thing that came to my mind was disassociation. Um, disassociation is where it's your brain's shut off valve when you're too stressed. And we encompass, we go undergo a lot of stress with trauma. So it's like that shut off valve um, that kind of helps us to not overheat and overload. And well, the, the, that's the nice thing about disassociation. The bad thing about disassociation, though, and about a, a Neptune influence is that you don't know where you are. You don't know who you are. You kind of lose sight of your surroundings. And at times it can make you feel as though you're far more, um, forgive the term, gullible or more um, prey to those, especially if you're working with the perpetrator as the person who is near and dear to me did for a little bit. If you're working with a perpetrator or you're working with a person or you're with a person who instigated the trauma in the first place, it can lower your defenses tremendously, um, especially if you don't know where you are, who you are, or what you were doing um, five seconds ago, let alone five minutes ago. And um, disassociation can be very different for everybody. For some people, it can be about five seconds. Others, it can be about like five minutes. Um, it just really depends on the trauma and on the person as well, too. Um, Neptune also mentioned, actually, sorry, lots of astrology when it comes to Neptune, mentions that there's a loss of trust or a loss of trust either in others, yourself, or both. Um, you know, person near and dear to my heart, the first thing she did when she was raped or when she was sexually assaulted was blame herself. Why did I do this? Why did I go out with this person? Why did I trust this person? And I find that's um, along with a loss of trust with other people that can be the most um, devastating thing that can happen. However, it's very common amongst individuals who have undergone trauma as well. Um, confusion of what is at loss, heightened grief or heightening grief loss of self-trust, self-effacing coping techniques, and escapist techniques. Um, I find that that was important to mention the escapist techniques because a lot of people who undergo trauma, either they can escape towards substances or they can escape towards mentals. You know, believing that, hey, this is just a bandit. I can rip it off. I can heal from this. It's kind of an, a kind of an escapist tendency or or like escaping through spirituality, you know, Hey, I'm enlightened. Hey, I know my Dharma or, Hey, I know, I know this, that, and the other thing. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. I don't need someone. And again, that can be an escapist mechanism that can cause you to further disassociate or cause you to further not believe yourself and not believe in the circumstances at play, which can be very detrimental. So to heal from Neptune, um, lots of astrology mentions how to trust yourself more. I think, again, um, that goes into boundary work, 
knowing that you can say no to a situation that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy. And, and more than that, if you're, you know, like say your gut is screaming at you to get away from the situation, you can say no, get away from the situation. You have that power, you have that right, and there's nothing that can that can counteract that. Um, also, I think part of boundaries too, a lot of people repeat this, and I know it takes a long time to believe it, but I have to repeat it again um, for all purposes. To negate the Neptune influence, I would say to believe that whatever happened to you, stargazers, it was not your fault. Really internalizing that statement. That, you know, it doesn't matter where you were or what happened to you. It was not your fault. You know, most of the time it was the other person's fault. Actually, it's not even most of the time, all the time. It was the other person's fault. You know, the other person who put you at stake, who put you in those circumstances. To repeat that, this was not my fault. Maybe as an affirmation can be very helpful. And again, I would recommend doing this with a therapist so that they can help you navigate that through. Do not, like I said, try not to do this on all the, all this on your own. I mean, you could try on your own, but I would recommend also working with a therapist as well too with this one. How to establish boundaries, as we've mentioned, identifying self-defeating behavior. Um, so like I mentioned, um, the self-defeating behavior, um, recognizing that yes, you can say no, that you have the power of choice, experimenting. Um, I think also with um, self-defeating behavior and not believing yourself. I personally, the person who was near and dear to me had begun to read the, actually she's kind of close to being done uh, of reading The Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. Amazing book, by the way, if you haven't, if you haven't read it. But within there, um, she kind of questioned, is this relationship between Freyra and Tamlin or is the relationship between Feyre and Rassand healthy? And, you know, instead of negating that with, you know, other people's opinions, really trusting your opinion, saying that, yeah, I like this relationship between Feyre and Rassand because, you know, because he actually, um, you know, admires Feyre and seems to respect her um, when she says no and seems to respect her ability and have more confidence in her as an example of. I think little exercises such as that um, with literature can be very helpful. The person who was near and dear to me also did this with Fifty Shades of Grey, where it's like, is Christian Grey an abusive boyfriend? And, you know, if yes, why? If no, why? You know, what are some really backbone things? And actually, by the way, Christian Grey is an ab abusive boyfriend. Um, I can, you know, giving gifts, uh, gaslighting Anastasia and, you know, making her feel far more unstable and far more less than than he is. I just I don't see that as being a very great relationship. But she had done this right after she was sexually assaulted. And I think that helped for her to heighten that, hey, yeah, I can not only, you know, 
you know, see abusive relationships, but I can trust my judgment and I don't have to second or third guess my judgment. It's there. It's right there in the literature. It's just right there, period. And I think that that's a good experiment. Again, um, work with these things with, uh, with a therapist, stargazers. Do not be afraid. It's not a sense of shame. It's not a sense of defeat. It's actually, like I said, again, we all need help in areas and it's, it's perfectly, perfectly okay. Well, with Uranus, um, so again, with lots of astrology, they mentioned unpredictability, disassociation, I thought disassociation, um, in unpredictable situations with people, you know, also with people who make you feel on edge. And I kind of feel like this is the prelude to trauma and also within trauma, the people who are responsible for yielding the trauma, how unpredictable they can be, how they could make you feel damned if you do, damned if you don't. In all situations, they can do things like stalk you in your neighborhood or do things like show up unexpectedly and, you know, make it seem as though with their Jedi mind games, make it seem like it's perfectly normal. Or as with the military, sometimes with Uranus, it's like they could just call you unpredictably, even though they're calling you triggers everything in you, you know, or even if you're disabled as a disabled vet, they still want to reach out to you. They still want to contact you. And that contact can be very unsettling and very spontaneous in the regard that it makes you feel uncomfortable. Now with Uranus, um, the, the um, healing from that would be creating consistent and reliable routines every day identifying unpredictable behaviors and where they go and practicing underlying needs not addressed. So unpredictable behaviors can also be within somebody who's just experienced trauma. Um, and, you know, the unpredictability can also stir unpredictability in the individuals. Well, from this list, I actually mentioned compiling a self-care list with creating consistent and reliable routines you know, maybe going to bed at the same time every night, whether or not you fall asleep, going to bed at the same time every night, um, establishing that routine, maybe waking up the same time every day, whether or not you have somewhere to go, doesn't matter. Maybe just, you know, kind of having that routine. I've known of a number of people who they have to have their desk organized just so um, in order to make it or to help them to feel safe and sane. So I, as long as it doesn't go on to OCD or just accusing somebody, you know, cartouche or just accusing somebody out of the blue, um, I think that that's actually very healthy as well, too. You know, just kind of um, organizing your desk in a particular way or organizing your living space in a particular way to give some sense of predictability, I think is also really um, great as well. Good healing measure. And then I also thought the thought log. You know, in this situation um, with the thought log, again, it can identify the unpredictable behaviors and where they go exactly. You know, again, by writing out, hey, I want to throttle this person and, you know, actually thinking through logically why, not only why do I want to throttle this person, but also, you know, what else could we do um, to get this person away from you 
without throttling them and without, you know, impinging their safety and inflicting harm on them, you know, doing something far more constructive uh, within that energy. And the last planet. So again, with this planet, uh, if it has a hard aspect to a personal planet, that would be Saturn. Saturn's effects are usually doubting not only yourself, being ashamed of yourself, as well as that of others. And obviously, when you doubt yourself, it's pretty easy to feel doubt for yourself. It's like, why did I get into the situation? How did I get into the situation? What was I thinking? Um, you know, kind of goes through the head at first, because the first person you want to blame is you. I feel like the one person who were the most roughest on, and I think this goes with somebody who's dealing with trauma, as well as somebody who's not. Um, first point, we're always rougher on ourselves than we are with other people involved. And it can take a toll because as was mentioned with lots of astrology, we come to not um, trust other people. Um, actually, somebody, the person who was near and dear to me could only look at guys as being jerks or a-holes or um, how they were abusive and not really, you know, take a look at somebody and see that they could have possible potential. So with Saturn, befriending the inner critic and seeing that it's trying to protect you um, is what Lutz Astrology had mentioned. Um, that's very much like with Dr. Van der Kolk um, within uh, The Body Keeps the Score, where we have a fireman who tries to put out fires uh, when they come. And we also have lawyers or you know lawyer types in us who try to negate um, situations that come externally in order to try to protect us from descending into trauma. However, with Dr. Van der Kolk, he also mentions that this is actually very um, the the fireman and the lawyer, even though they mean well, they can actually further inflict further damage by causing not only distrusting everyone outside of you, but also kind of walling you off from the rest of the world as well, too. Um, so one thing that he mentions within The Body Keeps the Score is how to kind of keep the two um, voices quiet in your mind or how to quiet them down and like turn the like kind of turn the, the volume down until they're kind of no longer there. Um, in the psyche. Uh, slowly implementing self-acceptance is another um, aspect with Lutz astrology. Um, one thing I mentioned was with journaling affirmations um, through art as well, too. You know, slowly implementing self-acceptance by doing something with art um, that truly expresses yourself. Um, also, when it comes to not only the anger from Pluto, but also the self-doubt with Saturn, Engaging in your body a lot, maybe doing something like five rhythms dance, uh, which is a dance form developed by Ga Gabrielle Roth, where she mentioned that, you know, everybody like from music to dance goes through flow, staccato, chaos, lyrical, and then um, stillness, you know, can be very helpful in dealing with self-shame as well as with some of the anger that comes up with self-shame as well. But also just doing some art um, projects as well, too, to help 
with that inner critic and actually build up your confidence as well too in yourself. I also think the uh, thorns, you know, the core thorns and roses idea could actually also help to trust yourself in, yes, I can spot an abusive boyfriend or yes, I can spot an unhealthy relationship. And you know what, you know, I can also see the underlying patterns. And I mean, again, that can be also a good way to build up um, confidence in yourself and not doubt yourself and put yourself to shame all the time. Um, I think also slowly implementing self-acceptance and, I think um, the last point that I made here, there's gratitude work, positive self-talk, replacing judgment, suspicion with curiosity and letting things roll and see the outcome. And um, yeah, I think that that's, those are other, um, uh, you know, other things that can be done. Um, again, stargazers, please try to do these things with a therapist who can guide you into the right places as well too, but it can also be a good start to start implementing some of these things as well. Um, Tan astrology also um, mentions a couple of different aspects, why they're there and also what, how you could heal um, from them as well. So either within a transit or a natal chart, Mars and heart aspect to Saturn um, she mentions, so again, going back to the nail chart, there might have been cruelty in childhood and also just in relationships. Um, it can also, you know, just can indicate ch uh, cruelty in relationships, needing to feel competent both sexually and in general for both male and female um, individuals uh, with this. So for both, um, so if, somebody, if someone is either male or female, they have gone through trauma. Um, again, it's to help them to feel, you know, basically they need to feel competent sexually and also just to feel competent with life and conquering life and doing things. And for some reason, these aspects really, um, especially the cruelty in childhood and also in relationships can. So in the um, natal chart, it can make you a little more prone to finding somebody who is cruel and who is unrelentless and who, or be in situations that are also cruel. Again, um, I take it with a grain of salt, but I can kind of see where also maybe in a transit um, could indicate cruelty in relationships, any relationship, um, and needing to feel competent. And I think that can describe the military, that can describe the first responders um, with covid those who've lost um, special people, or those who've lost not only special people, but also loved ones to COVID and not being able to see them to gain closure. Um, that also describes date rape, that describes sexual molestation. So I think that that's definitely uh, very prominent. Um, she had mentioned for, for healing, if you can. So if you guys feel comfortable with this, so stargazers, I would just say again, maybe you might want to implement this with a therapist. Or if you do feel comfortable on your own, you can give this a try, but tantric practices and getting in touch with your body and getting in touch with sexuality in positive ways, as opposed to just the negative. Again, with tantric practices, I just say on your own terms when you feel comfortable with that one. But also things that can just help you to relax um, was tan astrology. So like the self-care list, 
um, can be very helpful. Or just, um, you know, finding coping mechanisms that can help calm the trauma brain um, from reacting. And again, that's another technique that can be utilized with a therapist as well. Um, Tan Astrology mentioned that Pluto um, in an angular house, so basically near the ascendant, icy, descendant, or the midheaven, or also in the first house, the fourth house, the seventh house, or the tenth house, can also indicate um, a sense of trauma. Now, she mentioned again in the in the natal chart, I would say also within transits or within the chart of the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes up. And what happens is with Pluto, again, not following your instincts is one thing that kind of um, imbues when Pluto's in this prominent place in your chart. Also getting yourself into trouble. So maybe being led into very dangerous situations or just kind of going into dangerous situations that normally you would not go into as well. Um you know, again, uh, she, uh, with Tan Astrology, they'd mentioned enlightenment and surrender um, is a great healing form. You know, trust your instincts. Um, if something feels way off, you have the power to say no. And you have the power to get away from that situation. And, you know, trust your instincts. Listen to your intuition. Don't go into places that feel unsafe. Stay safe. Um, in fact, with uh, Blue Porch, uh, you know, it's always echoed, stay safe. Um, don't put yourself into dangerous predicaments. Um, if you can, you know, like I said, again, if you can really help it. Um, I know there was one individual um, who worked with or still worked with um, a person who was basically her perpetrator. Um, but again, even then, try to avoid dangerous situations and put yourself in safer positions as much as possible. And of course, um, letting go of the past, controlling your environment and control over people can become prominent um, situations. But I think letting go of those things with the help of a therapist can also be helpful. And then the last thing that um, Tan Astrology had mentioned was a 29 degree angles within personal planets. I mentioned the moon. And, you know, if it's in 29 degrees, what it would um, bring about and also how you could reflect on that. But that can go with any personal planet as well, too, um, like 29 degrees with um, a Mars position. And in that moment, the healing aspect is reflecting on what that planet means to you and also its archetypes and how maybe the opposite of that archetypes is, the archetype is playing out or maybe how um, that archetype needs to be um, implemented, especially with Mars, I think, uh, boundary setting, you know, saying what's right, what's wrong, being confident in that is a big key indicator. And with the person who was near and dear, she actually did have that in her chart. Um, she actually had that within her inner transits as well. She has that natally, um, you know, 29 degrees with Mars. And she had to reflect on how to gain her own sense of power and also implementing boundaries um, with that as well, too. All right, stargazers, so in the second half, and I promise I'll try to 
wrap this up a little bit, you know, faster. So it's not over like an hour and a half's worth of an episode, but, um, with, uh, relationships, how trauma affects relationships. Well, the, I think the biggest part is, you know, for somebody who's undergone trauma, the lack of trust, I think goes on in relationships. It takes a longer time for that individual to trust. So I really think that when in a relationship, like say there's somebody in the relationship who's not gone through trauma and they're dealing with someone who did go through trauma, maybe the person who did not go through trauma, I would recommend be far more patient and don't put um, the person who went under underwent trauma under the gun often. Don't make decisions where it's like, okay, you can either move in with me or you can forget it. You know, um, those sort of decisions. Well, guess what the person with trauma is going to choose? Yeah, I'd rather not live with you because you're pressuring me and they're, they're probably going to read more into the ultimatum that you had given to them. Be a little more patient, um, be a little more understanding, and really just try to understand that um, they were really forced into situations that were very quick and very dangerous as well, too. Like dangerous situations are always the fastest moving of all situations. So give that person some time and some space uh, when it comes to the relationship. Again, understanding or showing some empathy and understanding. You know, this person um, who had undergone trauma may not be able, even if they've gone through therapy or they're undergoing therapy, you know, the trauma, you can find ways to deal with trauma in the present moment, but it never fully goes away. That is actually a quote. I think there was someone on MSNBC who had undergone trauma. And she said, you, it never really goes away. And I can actually second that. It never, ever goes away. Um, there might be times where that person might have a flashback or that person might have a relapse, if you may, with the trauma. Being understanding, being empathetic as much as you possibly can, can really help the relationship out. You know, instead of getting short-tempered or, gee, I've had enough with you when you've had these flashbacks or I've had enough with you when you've had these doubts or a suspicion, you know, maybe instead just being a little more understanding and maybe just being more present with that partner as well, too, if they're willing to talk it out, being there, being that listening ear, um, you know, and really um, just kind of being there for that person as much as you possibly can. You know, instead of just saying, I'm sorry and leaving it at that or trying to shut down the conversation, let that person kind of just talk about it. And if they're talking about it with you, there is a level of trust that's being conveyed. And I think understanding that a lot of people don't respond to traumatic events or somebody undergoing trauma very well. And, um, I know this very well because the person who was near and dear to me was actually me on October 6th, 2012. And trust is one of my hardest hurdles to undergo when it comes to trauma, um, being able to trust people. So, you know, just being there with them, but also, um, you know, 
mentioning the situation, I've had many people shut me down because they think it's toxic or they think it's negative and they can't handle it. So if someone is a, who has undergone trauma is opening up to you, you consider that as it's, it's part of trust as well. I think a relationship for those who've undergone trauma, you know, it, it just, there, it, there is hope. It can happen. It just takes a little more time, you know, to establish trust. And it takes a little more, it just takes a little more time in general. And I think the more that two people can be patient, I think that not only develops a sense of closeness and trust, which is absolutely crucial and necessary, but also I think that it develops the relationship into a closer relationship and a more intimate relationship as well. So I think that those, those are key things of like what to do if you have undergone trauma. Um, I would also say, you know, continue, if you have undergone trauma, continue to work with whatever are hard points. Like for me, trust is a biggie. For others, it could be a sense of order. For others, it could be reining in destructive tendencies. Um, everybody's very different and everybody goes through the process a bit differently, but, you know, continuing on, continuing on what you've learned in therapy or just continuing on what you have learned and really, um, making sure that, you know, that kind of continues within the relationship as well. But above all stargazers, if you are like me, you have undergone trauma. First off, you're not alone. And secondly, um, you know, relationships, relationships are definitely possible. And just remember, above all, it was not your fault. It never is your fault. And with that end, stargazers, I do hope that you, that this episode was informative. Please feel free to look up at the stars um, that kind of gives us a little bit of a break from, you know, any sort of stressors in the day, but also helps us to um, rekindle with the very essence and beginnings of astrology. Above all stargazers, I just have to end off with this note. Between now and next week, I do hope that you're well. And until then. If you also would like to support this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology for more details.